This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Tonight, Derek Chauvin's fate is in the hands of the jury as the city and the nation anxiously await a verdict. Barricades, boarded up businesses and 3,000 National Guard troops on duty in Minnesota as the prosecution and defense deliver their closing arguments. The reason George Floyd is dead is because Mr. Chauvin's heart was too small. The state has failed to meet its burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, the jury deliberates. The race to vaccinate. All Americans 16 and older are now eligible to get a vaccine in all 50 states. So why are vaccinations down in some places? Missed warning signs. Why was the gunman in Indiana's FedEx massacre able to buy new weapons after police seized his gun? Treadmill safety. Disturbing video of a two-year-old boy dragged by a Peloton Tread Plus, miraculously walking away. The government warning tonight. Eye on Earth. Texas leads the country in green energy construction. How the Lone Star State is training oil riggers to build wind turbines. Remembering Hester Ford, the longest living American, the 116-year-old's secret to a long life. And taking flight on Mars as a NASA helicopter becomes the first to fly on another planet, the woman behind this historic project. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with breaking news. One of the most high profile murder trials in American history is now with the jury. After nearly three weeks of testimony, 12 jurors will now decide whether former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is guilty of two counts of murder and one count of manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. In dramatic and dueling presentations today, prosecutors and defense lawyers made their closing arguments. Prosecutors saying Officer Chauvin knew better, he just didn't do better when he used his knee to pin 46-year-old Floyd to the ground, saying this wasn't policing, this was murder. But Chauvin's lawyers argued the former officer was following his police training and that there was no evidence his client intentionally applied unlawful force. What this jury decides will no doubt send shockwaves through Minneapolis and across the country, with police and the National Guard called up in major cities and businesses boarding up expecting widespread protests. Our correspondents are standing by in Minneapolis, and CBS's Jamie Ukas is going to lead off our coverage from outside the courthouse. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening, Nora. After a marathon day of closing arguments, the jury is now sequestered and will be until they reach a unanimous decision on each of the three charges that range from murder to manslaughter. It's incredibly rare for a police officer to be convicted. Recent data shows it only happens in about a third of cases. This wasn't policing. This was murder. The prosecution making its final plea to the jurors, telling them why former police officer Derek Chauvin should be found guilty of murder. This was not an accident. He did not trip and fall and find himself upon George Floyd's knee and neck. He did what he did on purpose. Prosecutor Steve Slisher began closing arguments by talking about the life of George Floyd. He then described in disturbing details how that life ended. The defendant stayed on top of him for nine minutes and 29 seconds. So desperate to breathe, he pushed with his face to open his chest to give his lungs room to breathe. The prosecution played police body cam video. Floyd said, I can't breathe, 27 times. They were his final words. George Floyd begged until he could speak no more, and the defendant continued this assault beyond the point that he had a pulse. Slisher pointed to seven expert witnesses, most of them fellow officers, all testifying that Chauvin used unreasonable force. Um, believe your eyes. What you saw happened, happened. He dismissed the defense's theory that Floyd died of a heart attack, drug overdose, or carbon monoxide poisoning. I submit to you that the state has failed to meet its burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Defense attorney Eric Nelson argued that jurors need to examine what happened before the nine minutes and 29 seconds. He said Chauvin did what any reasonable officer would after seeing Floyd struggle with other officers. The amount of force that was being used by officers King and Lane was insufficient to overpower Mr. Floyd's resistance to getting into the car. He played video showing how the struggle continued when Chauvin got involved. Nelson also argued that Floyd's heart disease, as long as his use of fentanyl and methamphetamine, significantly contributed to his death. He even cited the county medical examiner's findings. So Dr. Baker's conclusions that Mr. Floyd's arteriosclerotic and hypertensive disease played a role in the death. During rebuttal, prosecutor Jerry Blackwell talked about the 46th witness, common sense. 
You were told that Mr. Floyd died because his heart was too big. The reason George Floyd is dead is because Mr. Chauvin's heart was too small. And Jamie joins us now. And Jamie, something extraordinary happened after the jury left to deliberate. The judge lashing out at a U.S. congresswoman, even mentioning the possibility that a verdict could be overturned in the future. Explain what happened. Wow, it was something. California Democrat Maxine Waters was with protesters in Brooklyn Center this weekend, and she said, I hope we get a verdict that's guilty, guilty, guilty. If we don't, we have to get more confrontational. The judge called that disrespectful to the rule of law, and in a surprising move, openly told the defense the comments could open the door to an appeal if Derek Chauvin is convicted and then have the whole trial overturned. Nora? Just stunning. Jamie Yukis, thank you. And outside the courthouse, much of Minneapolis is unrecognizable tonight with fences, plywood and a strong security presence. We get more on this from CBS's Jeff Pegues. Tonight, Minneapolis is preparing for the worst. Some 3,000 National Guard are deployed across downtown and throughout the city. Two Guard members were slightly injured early Sunday morning when someone fired into their Humvee. Minnesota's governor and the Minneapolis mayor called for calm and said violence will not be tolerated. We cannot allow civil unrest to descend into chaos. We must protect life and property. All these precautions are intended to head off the kind of riots that destroyed $350 million in property last summer when George Floyd was killed. Similar steps are underway across the country. Stepped up patrols and new barriers in Beverly Hills. In Philadelphia, boards are covering windows. But Minneapolis is the likely epicenter for any protest. Local law enforcement says it is ready. The number one focus for us is de-escalation. We we don't want to use force if we do not have to. The killing of Dante Wright in nearby Brooklyn Center is added to an already tense environment. Activist Nakima Levy-Armstrong has been at protests in both cities. Who are they protecting? They're certainly not protecting peaceful demonstrators. The courtroom is in this building behind me, one tonight that has been fortified with extra fencing and members of the National Guard right up there. Nora, tonight other states are requesting help from the National Guard ahead of this verdict, too. All right, Jeff Pegues, thank you. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And we're going to turn now to the fight against COVID because more than half of all American adults have had at least one COVID shot. And anyone 16 or older is now eligible to be vaccinated. But as CBS's Meg Oliver reports, there's growing concern over variants and a spike in cases among children. For months, I've been telling Americans to get vaccinated. When it's your Tonight, turn. as cases remain stubbornly turn. high in some parts of the country, the White House is renewing its push to convince Americans that getting vaccinated is the only way out. The lack of supply, the shortage of locations, the confusing rules, 
are all in the past. In places like West Virginia, which led the way with rollouts, there's already been a drop-off in shots just four months after the first vaccine was authorized. For health officials like Krista Capehart, the push to vaccinate now means long drives on country roads. We definitely have to develop programs that are patient convenience driven. So we have to take the vaccines where the patients are. Half of American adults have now been vaccinated with at least one dose. But there is increasing concern tonight over hesitancy, especially in wake of Johnson & Johnson pausing its rollout while regulators investigate why at least eight recipients developed extremely rare but dangerous blood clots. Today, federal officials repeated overwhelming evidence that the vaccines are safe. What we say to anyone who has doubts about getting a vaccine, we leave it up to you. Look at the data. The data speak for themselves. To encourage vaccinations, New York City will offer shots under the famous blue whale at the American Museum of Natural History. Meanwhile, 13 states saw a rise in new cases in the last week. And cases in children are spiking, too. Last week was the highest total in two months. One in five new infections were kids. New Jersey has the second highest number of new cases per capita in the nation. Why is New Jersey still ranking so high? One thing is the new variant, the UK variant, extremely transmissible, very infectious. I think people, of course, have quarantine fatigue. They're taking off their masks. They're opening up schools. They're going back to activities. As the race to vaccinate continues here at Holy Name Medical Center in New Jersey, which was a Johnson & Johnson site, officials tell us since the pause, they've seen a decrease in registrations up to 20 percent, which they attribute to hesitancy. Nora? Meg Oliver, thank you. And tonight, an update. The chief medical examiner right here in D.C. has ruled that Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died of natural causes after defending the U.S. Capitol during that deadly assault in January. Remember, Sicknick suffered two strokes the day after the insurrection. Two men are charged with assaulting Sicknick and other officers with what appeared to be bear spray. But the autopsy shows no evidence that it played a role in Sicknick's death. All right, tonight there are questions how the 19-year-old who shot and killed eight people at a FedEx facility last Thursday legally obtained two assault-style rifles months after his mother flagged him to police as a risk. Here's CBS's Nikki Batiste. There were red flags. Brandon Hole had a shotgun seized by police last year. His own mother alerted them, saying her son was suicidal. He spent a few hours in a mental health facility. Still, his name never made it onto Indiana's red flag warning list. So the 19-year-old was able to legally buy the two rifles used in the rampage. He was cut loose. They didn't so much as prescribe him any additional medication after he walked out of there. Hull's case was sent to prosecutors' protocol under the state's red flag law, but that's where it stopped. For us, the risk is if we move forward with that proceeding and we lose, guess what happens? That firearm goes right back to that person. At least 19 states have a red flag law, allowing a judge to prohibit an unstable person from having a gun. But the legislation varies. In Indiana, Mir says the law only gives his office 14 days to make a case. I think people hear red flag and they think it's the panacea to all these issues. It's not. Mike Lawler helped create the nation's first red flag law. The Indiana statute is effective in the moment they can grab the gun, but there's no follow up, right? There's no mandatory follow up. He says the involvement of a judge should be mandatory to help save lives. Angela Hewley was fighting to survive after the FedEx shooting. The mother of five hit in the chest. No one should have lost their life. No one should have got injured. 
Prosecutors tell me Indiana's red flag law only allows them to get a warrant for a weapon, not for mental health records. Investigators are still trying to determine a motive in this case. Nora. Nikki Batiste, thank you. Well, tonight, a fierce debate is raging over the safety of certain Peloton treadmills. A government agency is out with a warning to people who have small children or pets. But Peloton is defending its product. Here's CBS's Anna Werner. This is what federal regulators are warning can happen when a child gets too close to the Peloton Tread Plus. Here in Northern Virginia in February, the belt pulled this two-year-old boy under the 455-pound machine. He survived, but the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is urging consumers with children at home to stop using the product immediately. The children involved here have ended up with abrasions, fractures, multiple fractures, one with a brain injury, and most sadly, a fatality. Peloton called the commission statement inaccurate and misleading and said there is no reason to stop using the Tread Plus as long as all warnings and safety instructions are followed, including removing the safety key. But government data shows there have been 39 incidents with Peloton's Tread Plus with multiple reports of children being pinned or pulled under the rear roller of the treadmill. One child died. Have you asked the company to voluntarily recall this treadmill? We have been in communication with the company. They have not agreed, but we hope that will change. Tonight, Peloton says it remains open to working with federal regulators, but a recall isn't warranted. Anna Werner, CBS News, Berkeley, California. We turn now to our special series for Earth Day. As President Biden pushes to accelerate a shift to renewable energy sources, oil and gas workers are being trained for jobs in the green economy. CBS's Mireya Vireal has more in our series, Eye on Earth, Our Planet in Peril. In the heart of Texas, green jobs are booming. Out of the 600 folks we have on site, they're happy to be here and they're happy to you know, get a paycheck and feed their families. When it's done in early 2022, the Samsung Solar Farm is said to be the largest in the country, spanning over three counties. Some neighbors wanted in right away. Other neighbors, uh, not so much. <laughs> Barry Crawford is leasing part of his land in Cunningham, Texas, to the project for 25 years roads, bridges, everything across the line is benefiting. So it really is giving back some green. Yeah, it's giving back green in more ways than one. Yeah. Oil-rich Texas also now leads the nation in wind power. In 2020, the state produced more energy from wind turbines than coal for the first time. You do not grab the cables. The Lone Star State quickly becoming the blueprint for a new type of blue-collar worker. Paula Harris recently retired from oil and gas and is now training for a new challenge. I think this is this is part of the future. This site for renewable jobs is run by Lone Star College and WorkRise. It's about getting them their next job, staying with them throughout the course of their career. So when you look out into this field, it's not just seeing a solar farm. You, you see jobs. You see the future. We see jobs. We see our ability to build to a million jobs for America. A million jobs for a greener future. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Dallas, Texas. A day of boating off Newport Beach, California, ended with the dramatic rescue of 14 people. Their boat had broken down and was being towed when it started sinking fast. As rescue teams arrived, everyone jumped overboard and was pulled to safety. Well, that boat, it's now at the bottom of the harbor. Well, tonight, we're celebrating the life of Hester Ford, who was the oldest person in the U.S. 
Four died on Saturday at the age of 116. She had nearly 300 grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. Well, what's her secret? She ate a banana and exercised every day and also loved grits, pancakes, sausage, and bacon. Woman after my own heart. Today, Mimi Ong earned her place in history next to the Wright brothers, thanks to a 39-second flight above Mars. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. We can now say that human beings have flown a rotorcraft on another planet. Spinning its blades 10 times faster than an earthly helicopter, Ingenuity cut through thin Martian air today on a brief but historic flight. 30-year NASA vet Mimi Yong is the lead engineer. It took her team six years to nail the technology to make this first-of-its-kind flight possible. Like a Wright Brothers moment, but on another planet. Ong was born in the U.S. but grew up in Burma, inspired by her mother, who got her Ph.D. in math in the 1960s. I think she was the first uh, Burmese woman mathematics PhD from an American university. Your mother, the pathfinder, and then you are a trailblazer. Absolutely, yes. I feel very fortunate. There's going to be a lot of kids and a lot of girls who will probably be surprised to see a woman is leading this operation. What's your message to them? You have to go for it and don't second guess. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Mimi Ong, breaking through a glass ceiling nearly 180 million miles away. Sky's not the limit anymore. Yes, sky's absolutely not the limit. Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News, Pasadena, California. Former President George W. Bush tells us how he hopes his painting, his passion rather for painting, can help change the tone of the immigration debate. That's tomorrow. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. See you tomorrow. Good night. If you enjoyed tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official T-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News. And you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.